Hey everyone, before we get to this week's show, I just have a quick announcement for you, something that I kind of glossed over in this week's episode that I just need to actually talk a little bit more specifically about. Um, usually what I've done on the show is we will be covering a main content piece, something that is, you know, just that is relevant and important. You know, like this this week we're talking about Revenge of the Sith, the Star Wars movie, episode three. Um, in time for the Bad Batch series that's that's coming out, actually just came out today because as I'm recording this, it is Tuesday morning. May the 4th be with you. And, um, and I would typically kind of have the show split up in two formats. Like most recently, we would do a main content and then we would also cover the latest episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, what I'm going to do instead is this. When there is a new series that is out and it is um, prominent and important and, you know, everybody's watching it, whether it's been like WandaVision or Falcon Winter Soldier or right now I would consider The Bad Batch to be in this category. Um, What I'm going to do is this. On Tuesdays or Wednesdays, you'll be getting the latest episode of of Extreming Disney. And then what's going to happen on Fridays is you're going to get a review of or response for the TV show that just came out with their episode that week. So actually what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be talking about um, Revenge of the Sith, Star Wars Episode 3. And on Friday, you're going to get my review, um, Episodes 1 and 2 of The Bad Batch, the new Star Wars series that spun out of The Clone Wars. And we're going to be doing this moving forward. And, you know, maybe we'll be able to incorporate a couple other things in there with um, our Friday review show of the TV series. You know, maybe I'll do a series review of The Mighty Ducks or a series review of Big Shot and stuff like that, as I don't necessarily want to cover those series on a week-by-week basis, but I think it might be interesting to talk about the series as a whole after they are wrapped. So that's just um, all I had to say. Now just stay tuned, and um, we have a great episode, a great conversation between me and Aaron Starry as we talk about the prequels of Star Wars. All right, I'll see you guys um, soon. Bye-bye. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Extreming Disney, the podcast focused on all things Disney+. Plus. As always, I'm your host, Peter Eklund, and on this week's show, we are ready to celebrate Star Wars Day again. Um, as we're recording this, Star Wars Day is tomorrow. Today is Monday. Um, I am so excited, of course, that I have to be able to bring on my good Star Wars buddy, Aaron Starry. Aaron, how's it going, bro? It's doing good. Doing good. A little tired, but I definitely have energy to talk about Star Wars. Because, yeah, yeah. I think you always have energy to talk about Star Wars. I, I always do, but uh, yeah, I just recently had a baby, so uh, sleep has been uh, hasn't been awful actually. But uh, waking up every few hours um, takes takes a little bit out of you. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, how, you and you and your wife Jackie um, had a little girl. Well, you see, when a mommy and daddy love each other very much. Okay, I'm here for this. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. She was born a little over a month ago and yeah, she's already grown up too fast. So yeah, can't wait to show her, uh, Star Wars though. I already kind of watched Empire Strikes Back with her. Um, I'm just hoping her first words are going to be, uh, no, I am your father. Mm -hmm. So yeah. (laughs) Or, you know, you don't want to show her too much with like Star Wars. What if she starts to having like backwards talk like Yoda? Well, there's a lot of reasons why I don't want to start too early because I want 
if possible, to keep that surprise that I just mm. said. You know what I mean? Sure. Where if she just grows up watching it, I feel like eventually you, you're not going to have that big moment, that big right. surprise where like if you wait till maybe like six or seven, I feel sure. like like oh what yeah have you have you heard of like the the hatchet walkthrough like people often like when they talk about what order should you watch star wars with somebody who's never seen it before they're like do you go episode one two three four five six or do you do episode four five six one two three this was obviously before the other ones but there's also the hatchet order is that like four five one two three and then six, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, which that I think would be really cool. I yeah. do like that that idea. I forget where Rogue One is thrown in there as well. well I think well, Rogue but... One and Solo really mess with that order because I think what you well, do you don't need to watch Solo well, at all. I don't. I don't. It's not, I'm Solo. not saying it's horrible, but it's not essential to the sure. the original six. Yeah, maybe I think you could do the, the original six, and then obviously seven, eight, nine would follow. You know those. Um, you wouldn't necessarily have to hatchet those up. But I think the reason why you know people suggest it, because I think one of the downfalls or the problems with doing four, five, six, one, two, three is that four, five, six, generally everybody finds those to be the best. Mm -hmm. And then one, two, three are kind of disappointing to some degree. So to like go from some of the best to like, oh, these these other three, which I mean, obviously I think we can get into within this episode as we're recording. Yeah. But I think the reason, um, the idea around breaking up those movies is to kind of, you get hit with the fact of like, oh, you find out that like Anakin is Luke's father. And so you kind of go back and you watch that story kind of in between, you know, um, I did actually four, one, five, two, three, six. Whoa, whoa, what? Four, one, five. Mm -hmm. So like in episode one or episode four, you hear about Anakin, you hear about his friendship with Obi-Wan, you see obi-wan's death obviously in episode four and so then you go back and watch one as kind of a like oh here is their story and then you watch five and you find out that darth vader is ultimately luke's father mm -hmm. and then you go watch two and three to see the downfall before you go and watch six yeah i mean i feel like if you're showing this to a child, that might be a little difficult for them to you know what i mean sure. if we're talking about your first time ever you know, I think as an adult, it might be even cool to kind of experiment to mm -hmm. see, you know, which way seems the best. I think the four, five, one, two, three, six makes the most sense in my head right now, simply because you you get four, five, you find out that Luke, right. you know, that is that or that Vader is Anakin Skywalker, and then you get his background. So then the redemption in six is right. so much more impactful. Yeah, when like you now know that like, hey, there was someone good there we're like if you just watch four or five six you've never seen you only know him as a psychopath murdering sith lord you know what right, i mean right. like you haven't seen the good part of of anakin so yeah, yeah so i mean we're, we're gonna be talking about that today because you know obviously we are recording this podcast for star wars day but in particular tomorrow is the launch of the bad batch which is a new star wars series that's coming to disney plus which is focused on it's like it's a spin-off of the clone wars mm -hmm. which ended about a year ago they they wrapped up the season 7 last year and they're like okay well we're going to hit you with this series that's focused on these you know characters that we introduced in the last season and i mean i'm i'm interested to see on how that goes but you know the the events of 
the final season and the last couple episodes of the Clone Wars, as well as where this series is really going to launch off, is on the tail end of everything that happens at the end of episode three. So I thought it would be really good for us to go back and watch episode three, Revenge of the Sith, going into um, the series. So... Yeah, so listeners, that's what we're going to be talking about today. As as if you didn't know, you clicked on the episode that said Revenge of the Sith. So here we are. But um, Aaron, I mean, generally as people talk about the sequels, no, the prequels, they're, um, I don't know, they, it's, it's interesting because I think as they were coming out and like, I think it was almost more trendy or more of a fad to kind of hate on these mm-hmm. movies. Oh, for sure. More or less. Um, I think... There, there's some years between us. So I think you were younger. I think you were still a kid when episodes one, two, and three came out. This movie came out in 2005. I was in college my first year wow, of college. Yeah, I know. I would have been a freshman or sophomore in high school. Okay. So uh, not super young. Because, yeah, uh, Phantom Menace came out in 1999. So I would have been around 10 years old yeah. when that uh, that movie came out. Um and I loved – I did love – I had no issue with Jar Jar Binks um, when I first watched it. I didn't. I thought he was funny. Right. I thought you know he was – but yeah, it was popular for a long time to hate on these. And it still kind of is, but I really think since the C- Disney sequel trilogy has come out, I think – because now it's that's what's popular to hate on. You right. know what I mean? And now people are like, oh, the glory days of the George prequels. Lucas and the prequels. Like it, like it was so funny. Like we gotta take those Star Wars away from Lucas, and now it's like we gotta Wait, give please, Star Lucas. Wars back to Lucas. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, I I tell you, DC fans and Star Wars fans, man. Sometimes I'm just like, I've had enough with both of you. Well, I mean, you can't say that like things hadn't been rough for either one of them right for star wars fans and dc fans it's not like they're marvel fans have had it great like yeah how many yeah. garbage how many <clears throat> you can say like oh i don't like thor the dark world oh i don't like uh, iron man Captain or marvel iron man or whatever yeah. but they weren't garbage movies sure where there's been some dc movies that are pretty hard to argue that they aren't garbage <laughs> right no i i agree but i think there's this there's this entitled aspect sometimes of fandom that i feel oh, like yeah. you know or i think star wars i think star wars fans are i think are the the quintessential ones that are like not my star wars not my you know all that kind of the thing is is they're the loudest ones on twitter as well right like the ones there's a lot of us star wars fans that are totally like normal human beings but then you have the insane ones on on twitter that yeah like ryan johnson destroyed my childhood you know what i mean and i joking i jokingly say stuff like that sometimes but i don't like i don't hate ryan johnson like you know what i mean so uh yeah, uh, we should let's let's get back back on track though. Yeah. Revenge of the Sith—that's what this is about. Well, and I, I just want to say a couple more things about Revenge of the Sith or the the sequels the, or the prequels, prequels before we get too far in. Um, I sometimes go back and forth on like which ones are my least favorite, Ooh. and I think I think where I am right now, I think I would say Episode Two is probably my least favorite for me as well. I think ep- there's a good Star Wars movie in Episode One. Mm-hmm. It's just. The, I, I think what I like about Star Wars Episode One is the framework of the story. 
and the pacing of the story and the locations. I think if you were to take out a couple elements, there's a good Star Wars movie in there. I agree. I think if you take out Jar Jar Binks, I think if you take out some smaller silly some, stuff, like there's a, a good little movie within there. Don't have as much politics. Like yeah. the funny thing is George Lucas. Whenever like adults will complain, I'll be like, "This is a kids' movie. This movie is made for kids." All right, George, how many kids care about politics? Right. You know what the I mean? Senate like and Congress <laughs> and yes, and senators and yeah, it's it's chancellors and all that jazz. No, you're right. In this movie, I would say similarly, there's a good movie in here. In Revenge of the Sith. In Revenge of the Sith. Oh, I think there's an excellent movie actually. See, in see, I had Revenge to really kind of divorce myself from my memories of this movie and the things that I didn't like to kind of go. Okay, what is what are some good things within this that are not just trendy to kind of just bash on, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I had to kind of go, okay, what elements are actually good and what things are actually bad? And so I, I'm excited because I think, again, I, I don't want to just trash on the movie because it's a thing that everybody does, but I'm excited to talk about some things that I think does work. I know a lot of people that say Revenge of the Sith is their all-time favorite Star Wars movie that are like our age. Wow. And have and, and watch the original. I I'm not one of those people, but I know people that will say Revenge of the Sith is their all time favorite Star Wars movie. So there are a lot of people that love this movie, that absolutely love this movie. Well, I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'm I'm just gonna say yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, it's my favorite of the prequels. I would say by far, but there are man some major flaws in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think overall, I think the main problem that I have with the sequel, uh, the the prequel trilogy, in comparison to everything else. Is I don't believe the character attachments. I don't. It's weird. Like I don't feel this real love or camaraderie between Anakin and Obi Wan within these or these Anakin movies. and Padme. Really, the chemistry I mean, honestly, is is awful. In there's these there's more <laughs> chemistry between Luke and Han and Leia in like two minutes of screen time uh-huh. than there is in three movies between these three characters. And then also, I would even say between. Finn and um, Poe Dameron in the in the movies to come. Within three minutes, there's more connection between the characters that is believable than anything else, and Ray as well. You know, between the three of them, um, that is more believable than anything that I see within the, the prequel trilogy. I think that's a big thing. People don't really talk too much about the original trilogy. Is that if you watch The Empire Strikes Back, Luke does not spend much time with. Han and Leia. Right. Most of that movie, he's apart from them. But in the very beginning, so obviously you have the movie beforehand, which they have great chemistry in as well. Of course. But in the very beginning as well, just like their their dialogue, them going back and forth, especially Han and Leia, in my opinion, like that romance is sure. a million times better yeah. than Anakin and Padme. Right. Oh my gosh, so much better. And yeah, I think that is one of my biggest issues as well is – you know, I think it would have been a, such a more impactful movie at the mm-hmm. end if we believed this friendship between Anakin and Obi-Wan. I right. think that is the more important relationship than Anakin and Padme. Oh, yeah. In the in, in the prequel trilogy. Absolutely. I'm, I'm 100% with you on that. Um, and I think, I think there was something else. What was the other thing I wanted to say about this movie? comparatively to the other ones i'll probably get there i I don't know anyway it's not cgi is it oh i was actually gonna mention that okay (laughs) the starting of this episode um you know episode three when we have the spaceship battle it's interesting going back because now the the visual effects the cgi of that battle above coruscant between all the spaceships and whatnot 
that CGI is starting to look kind of dated at this point. I personally think it holds it because I watched this movie not that long ago and I thought it held up fairly well. Now, yeah, if we went, if I went into a movie theater and watched it now, yeah, sometimes it is difficult to take those glasses off and realize like, okay, yeah, compared to Endgame and Infinity War, like sure. the CGI is not up to that level. Right. But compared to episode two sure <laughs> the cgi in there that's true because one thing a lot of people don't realize is episode one actually does not have a lot of cgi you think of jar jar binks but most of the ships and everything are actual practical effects and miniatures episode one it wasn't until episode two that george yeah. really not a single trooper i don't know if even in episode three i think are they all cgi'd as well every oh, single clone trooper i know in episode two for sure is cgi'd Okay. Which is actually kind of impressive if you think about it. Sure. Clearly you didn't – it seems like you didn't know that, right? I, I believe not. I believe in episode three it's the same thing. Not a single clone trooper. They didn't make a single helmet armor for any of the clone troopers. Well, I mean that's 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 too bad. I mean I think I – <laughs> It, mean, is, it's, it's it is too bad but it is cool at the same time. It's weird with like where we have obviously like all practical effects in the original trilogy mm-hmm. – I'm I'm more be- I find it more believable to see a Muppet that's supposed to be a character. Oh yeah, than a like a CGI creature, you know. But I don't know the the visual. It kind of looked like a video game to me. This the spaceships flying above, you know, with with Anakin and Obi Wan while they're you know about to break in and save the Chancellor. The Chancellor. Um, I though I will say like yeah, I think the CGI looked a little clunky. I kind of like the sequence. Oh yeah, I like the sequence quite a bit. I think a lot of people consider because people loved the end, uh, Return of the Jedi, like the big space uh, fight scene, whatever you want to call it. But then in episodes one and two, well, two there were really no space battle scenes, I believe. One you mm. had the dumb one with little kid Anakin. Now this is pod racing. That sure, that whole yeah. scene, which no one really liked either. So like everyone was like excited to finally have like a good space battle scene in star wars again and it is i think it is just well like cinematography even though it's all cgi it's still there's still cinematography in it um but yeah it's still just the relationship and the dialogue between anakin and obi-wan even during that scene just yeah doesn't hit home for me like i'm trying to think about some of the lines um that Obi-Wan says to Anakin, it's just, yeah, they're not good. <laughs> I, and I think it's, it's, I, I feel bad. I don't know if it's like, I think Hayden Christensen is also an actor who's gotten a lot of kind of um, blame for this. I think it, a lot, most of it really relies in the writing. And I think we see yeah. it later. I think he is so poorly written Anakin within these movies, you know, Hayden Christensen's character that, oh, man, I think that's one of the, the biggest decredit, um, just problems. And I think there's, I could, I actually wrote down a couple of the sequences just back and forth where I'm just like, what? Um, I have no idea what's going on. All one right. thing I want to say about the space, the space battle that I really think is actually pretty cool. I think the Vulture droids and the Buzz droids are pretty cool. Yes, they are. And if, like, if I remember right, I thought those effects looked really good, like as they were like crawling like mm-hmm. on like the ship and R2D2 zapping. Uh, the, was it one of the buzz droids that he zaps like in yeah. the eye or whatever? <laughs> so I, I do have to say one of the things that I have a problem with this, the prequels with is their use of R2. 
a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't like him being able to like stand up and fight against those those other droids when they are in there, like the tall ones, you the, know. The B twos. The B twos. I just I don't find it believable. You know, like I think I was just like, okay, he has jetpacks, he's able to shoot tar, he's able to catch things. I'm like, that's just like Okay, why why do that if it's not established in the original trilogy? I know, like, yeah. I think it's just it, it, the 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 continue or the continuity is a problem for me, especially around R two for some reason. I like R two as he is, as we see him in the original trilogy. Don't try to like ba him up and yeah. make him. You know what I mean? It's just like he's a character that's there for comedic effect, and he's great. I love him as he is. And if you think about. I believe in every prequel movie, there is like at least a scene that's kind of like that. In episode one, it was Jar Jar. Like, remember when the thing was wrapped around his foot and he was jumping around and taking out all the things by accident. It's like, oh, funny, but like still like, okay. Episode two, it's R2. I believe it's R2 again in the whole droid thing. Yeah, C3PO. And like, that, that was my most grievous part against that movie was, was C3PO. The as head well. put yes. on the V1. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have like, oh yeah, kind of funny, but like, wh- why it's not really needed? And then yeah, and in the very beginning when R two is taking out those the the B twos with the the oil that he spills or whatever, yeah. and then sets them on fire, and it's like, and I also I don't like that the B twos have a, the same voice as the B ones. Do would, they? I feel like they do. I was watching it. I was like. That sounds just like the the B ones. I'm like, I want I them to be. I thought they were a little rougher. deeper. I thought they were. I, but want I could be, be wrong. Deeper. I want them to almost be a different voice actor completely. You know. But anyway, that's just like nitpicky, probably <laughs> on my part. Um, but I think the scene. Okay. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about Anakin. We'll talk more about Obi Wan. Um, but we have Christopher Lee playing the role of Count Dooku. Like that hundred years old. Right. And we, we have seen him um, in episode two when we first get introduced to him. And Christopher Lee is such a phenomenal oh, yeah. actor. I mean, him as Saruman in The Lord of the Rings is just so iconic, you know. Um, and then Ian Mc, um, gosh, how do you say? McDermott? McDermott. I have to say with him in this movie, and I'm going to get to it later. He probably, within this movie, gives me my one of my favorite performances in a star wars movie but also one of my least favorite performances in a star (laughs) wars movie like the first half or the first two-thirds of this movie i think he is phenomenal but when he like really becomes darth sidious i I, or the emp well because he's always Darth. i guess more the emperor i'm saying right when we see him after he right but yes exactly it's it's one of my least favorite performances in a star wars movie from that point on i i can understand that i can yeah, and it is different compared – it's still different compared to how he was in the original – or I guess in Return of the Jedi is really the only time you see him. Right. Um, I don't know if you want to jump straight more into that or if there's other things you want to talk about. Well, I, I let, we can talk – I want to talk more about like – we'll get to more with with Anakin and um, the Emperor or Palpatine or Darth Sidious. We'll probably use all those names interchangeably. Um, Do we want to talk about the scene where Anakin versus yes. us, uh, yes. Dooku? Yeah. Yes. I th- I think, first of all, I want to say, I think Obi-Wan goes down way too oh, quickly. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Obi-Wan, yeah. And then, and I feel like the same in episode two, right? Yeah. Episode two, it's like, come on, Obi-Wan. Like, what are you doing? You're getting your butt You're kicked You're a Jedi every master. Time. Yeah, like, totally. It's always just so Anakin can be off kind of right. on his own fight. I mean, if he goes too. down that quickly, then like in the last fight, Anakin should have kicked I know. his butt so <laughs> I <know>. hard. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. But yeah, so they, they got it kind of right 
Obi-Wan off. Um, and yeah, this is – I mix up two and three. Th- is three when he like – Dooku like lowers like the like ramp thing like down on, onto, top of, yeah. on top of Obi-Wan. So now Anakin and Dooku are just fighting each other. Oh, what's the one – I can't remember the line exactly – my powers have tripled since the last time. Or is it tripled yeah, or quadrupled? Like, like, <laughs> a million times better than yours. <laughs> uh uh-uh. uh. Um, yeah. So I think I think scene. I, I when when he takes off his hands. I don't know what Star Wars movie loves about like <laughs> just like taking limbs off and taking hands off of characters because we see so many limbs in this movie that that get cut off. You know. And he's basically left there with two stubs. Two stubs, yeah. It is you know? It is kind of like, I don't know why, it's kind of comical. Like, oh, this old man, <laughs> the, the face he's making with yeah. two stubs. Uh, but then, yeah, this is a great performance, in my opinion, by uh, Ian McDermott as well. Um, Do it. Yeah, just, he does such a good job of just... Oh, just, and I don't know if it's the music playing as well. It's chilling. Mm-hmm. And you almost, this is a more believable scene where it's like, and even I think Anakin's reaction, like actually seems somewhat believable where he's sure. like, I, I shouldn't have done that. Like, yeah. that's not the Jedi way. Yeah. And then like, you know, he comes over kind of, I don't know if he puts oh, his arm cool. around it, but he's sort of like, oh, he was too dangerous to be left I mean, alive. you wanted, he's like, like, you wanted revenge. He cut off your hand. It's only natural. <laughs> you know, it's just like so squirmy, but so, so really, great. It feels sometimes like George Lucas was like trying to write like the devil into right. Doesn't it feel that way? Like right. that devil on your shoulder, like convincing right. you that these things that you're doing. But he's far more menacing and scary on this half of the story than what we see later on. Yes. In my opinion, because I think he's just so comical and silly that I wanted to see in the Yoda scene. Oh my yeah. gosh! <laughs> yeah, that was just yeah. These are <laughs> some of the harder parts, but also you know he he really tries to convince. Anakin to leave Obi-Wan behind. He does. As well. And, yep. and so I, I think he's just like, oh, no, leave him. He's like, no, he, his fate will be ours. That, and that's a – that is – I like that line as well. That is a line I like where Anakin like – even though we haven't really seen a lot, that was a moment where it did feel like, all right, like Anakin like loves Obi-Wan yeah. as a brother and doesn't yeah. – he, like he will not lose him. Yeah. Um, but the one thing we didn't mention is like I remember – Finding out this movie was going to be rated PG-13, first PG-13 oh, really? Star Wars movie. And when freaking Dooku gets beheaded, I was like, oh, well, that's, that's why. why. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this movie is a lot darker than uh, yeah, a lot is. of the other Star Wars movies. Like so. it's darker in how much sh- shadowing and shading there is in this movie too. <laughs> like, Which I personally think is a better look than like the prequels which is too well, shiny sure. it's and, too shiny and glistening yeah it's, yeah it's it's way too refined you know and i think that's part of what i love about the star wars universe especially in the originals is that the universe looks lived in it does you know um yeah well let's talk about grievous how do you feel about grievous because this is the some first time we've people, ever seen him you know yeah some people love grievous and watching the Clone Wars now, we've gotten more, you know, we've kind of gotten to know Grievous more. One thing that's crazy is that there's a little line in Revenge of the Sith where I can't remember what it is, but it makes basically makes a sound. Oh, Anakin says to Grievous, like, you're shorter than I thought you would be or something like right. that. So it's the first time that they've met. So all throughout the Clone that's Wars That's something I was show, wondering. Yeah, like, they couldn't have Anakin face Grievous. It was always Obi-Wan that would wow. have to face Grievous. I thought about that because <laughs> I've, I've watched all of the Clone Wars recently. And that was a question that I had was like, 
is this really the first time they ever met? You know, <laughs> so that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, Grievous. Um, I don't know. I've never been like a huge Grievous fan personally. Sure. Even before Clone Wars, he always felt like a cartoon villain to me, right? Sure. And the fact that he pops up out of nowhere. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know. That's one of my biggest issues as well with the prequel trilogy is we really don't have like this set villain. Obviously, we have the Emperor. We have mm -hmm. Darth Sidious. But like, he's not interacting with our heroes like sure. as a villain until really like the very end of this movie. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, that's where not getting off on a, a whole different rabbit trail, but like, I think Maul should have survived. Sure. <laughs> I think we needed more of a, or it's like every movie we have Darth Maul. Then we have Sidious who shows up with Dooku with, or uh, Dooku. Sorry. We have Dooku. That's what I meant. in episode two dies right away in episode beginning of episode three. And then we have random grievous right. showing up as it's like, we never really got to like hate, uh, a villain, you know what sure. I mean? Sure. Well, I think, you know, really he's such a secondary villain in comparison to the emperor, you know, Darth Sidious in this movie, but he's, I think he's standing, he's more of a stand in in the sense of, okay, we need Obi-Wan to do something that is like far and away that has nothing to do with like being on Coruscant, yep. you know, in order to not have him be as much of a player, which I, I guess I would have liked to see a little bit more. I think we needed to see more between Anakin and Obi-Wan within this movie you know, and I think this is this is one thing I wrote down is I think I'm a little bit more forgiving, and I I think the best thing about the the prequels is the Clone Wars series, which has made me I think look at this movie in a different light. It's actually it's so funny how some of these things kind of being sprinkled in within the universes can tend to kind of detract. I think they really booster the the three movies up a little bit more for me in oh. a better way. For sure. We've we've already – and we don't want to keep bringing this up over and over again, but episode two, you have Anakin and Obi-Wan together in the very beginning, and then they're basically not together again until like the very end. And it's just basically an action scene, yeah. and you don't get any like actual you know, like relationship building stuff between those two. And then episode three, it's a very similar situation where yeah. like they're yeah. the, together in <clears> – <throat> The beginning and then they're separated and it's just like we never really got to see that friendship right. built where the clone wars tv series is finally what does that yeah <laughs> chester <laughs> um yeah and I, I i think i will say that i kind of like grievous i think he's a he's a decent enough villain i think he does he does the job you know he's not he, he's scary enough to some degree he's cool enough i like that he like shoots out the bridge and escapes that way Yes, I think that's that is pretty a cool. cool. Scene. I like the way he moves. I like the way. I think one thing that's kind of silly is like, don't give him a a coughing problem. Don't give him asthma. Why would a robot have asthma? You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing I don't necessarily fully understand. Well, silly choice by George Lucas, but you know whose cough that is, right? Have you heard this story? No, that's George Lucas's cough. He was sick at one point during filming Revenge of the Sith, and he recorded his cough in order for all the different times that Grievous coughs during that is George Lucas's cough. But why do that? Just so that you can get yourself in the movie. I don't know if it was written. I don't know what came first. I don't know if he had the cough and they thought, Oh, it'd be cool if Grievous had a cough or if he already was going to have a cough. I don't know, but that's silly. That's silly. But I, I think all in all, apart from the things that are kind of like eh, about the movie or the sequence, I, I like the sequence a lot.
the, the saving of uh, Chancellor Palpatine on the ship being captured by Dooku and, you know, um, Grievous, which I think is funny because, you know, I even, you know, somewhere between towards the end of the season seven, we have this idea or this, this thing that's like, oh, we got to go to Coruscant and fight because the Chancellor has been kidnapped by Dooku and Palpatine. And then we have the rest of the stuff that's happening with Ahsoka and um, like Rex over there. Mm-hmm. So, but um, yeah, yeah. And then um, Obi, Obi-Wan and Anakin split and Obi goes to the council and Anakin goes and is with Padme, um, which, okay, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about her here. How do you feel about Natalie Portman in this movie? I mean, Natalie Portman, if you watch movies, you know, she can be a fantastic actress. Mm-hmm. She's not good in these movies. I think she's better <laughs> she's in episode not- one. I would say I think she's better in episode one with than her deep two. monotone voice. Like, sure. uh, what are some of the lines? I'm but trying even, to remember. <laughs> but even her performance when she's like interacting with um, Liam Neeson and you know Qui Gon on Coruscant. I mean, on um, on Tatooine. You know, not necessarily everything between her and the young Anakin in that movie, but I think she gives a, a decent. I think she gives a good performance in those movies. You know, in this, like in, in episode two and three, she's just kind of like the doughy eyed girlfriend wife who's just like is so two dimension one dimensional not even two dimensional she's she's a half a dimensional um and it's just i i i don't know she's not given much to work with it's just not very super interesting she's more of a device in the fact of like anakin than she is her own person you know what i mean and i think i think around this time i think natalie portman was becoming a higher caliber actress yeah and I think she was like, okay, these silly kind of Star Wars movies. And six years later, she would be in Thor. She kind of phones these big blockbuster movies in a little bit more, in my opinion, than, you know, things like Black Swan. And obviously she got her Oscar there. Or, you know, I mean, she can she can give stellar performances, you know. But, yeah. Um, I, I was watching a review of this movie a little while ago on YouTube. I can't remember who it was, but they mentioned as well that I think every scene she's in, she has like a different outfit on. And it's like, <laughs> he, the, whoever it was, was like joking, like, Oh, we got to have all the different toys that we can have. And it right. is crazy. Like all the different outfits that she's in. Um, but I mean, the most important plot line for her, for her is she is pregnant. Right. Um, and right away, Anakin does not seem too happy about it. You know what I mean? Like really? his. What do you mean? I thought he was like. I, I thought he was happy. He was it. What do you? I, I don't know what you mean. You don't. You don't get that sense when watching the movie. Like I he's didn't. like, oh, like he's to me, and maybe it's just his bad acting. <laughs> but to me, it looks like he's trying to be happy. But really isn't. Well, why wouldn't he be happy? I don't know because he's scared about what's going to happen with like you know Being now he can't hide that, he mm. can't hide his relationship now. Sure. I don't I know. I got the, go back and watch that scene later. I, I don't know. You guys, uh, is there any way for people to comment that are watching this? Comment. Let us know if you guys agree with me or not. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think he does not seem happy when he finds out. That's so interesting. I think what distract one of the things that distracts me most within this, you know, in the scenes between them is just again, I think these are some of the scenes that are the most poorly written. I had to write this down. Oh boy. Um is this dialogue? Yes, it's dialogue. <laughs> they're they're talking to each other and he says, You are so beautiful. 
And she says, only it's because- only because I am so in love. No, it's because I'm so in love with you. So love has blinded you? That's not what I meant. Yeah, that's probably true. What? Like, what it's is, awful. What is this? It not it, only, and listen, I don't make any know. Sense. I'm not saying I could perform these lines better, but just the way, and this is what I love about these movies as well, is they are so quotable. Um, yeah, that that the two first ones, like, you are so beautiful. And the way she says, only because I'm only because I'm so in love, right? I am so in love. So So somebody who's in love looks better than, I don't know. It's just like, (laughs) no, I'm so in love with you. It's like, what? It's like sixth graders when they have crushes on each other. And then it's bad. So love has blind. I just, I, I have to really like tie this together as far as like, what is George's thoughts? Like, what is, what is his own experience with his own wife that like makes him think that this is, I don't know, romantic or charming or I don't know. George literally can't. And I love George. George, if you listen to this, is I love you. Um, <laughs> but he can't let people just act in us, know how they feel through their through their facial expressions, sure. through their actions. Like he has to have people say how they are Show, feeling. Show, don't tell. Constantly. Yeah. Constantly. He never lets – I'm, I'm getting – I literally had this conversation with my wife. And my wife isn't even a Star Wars fan, but I was explaining this to her about how in Return of the Jedi, back when it originally came out and Luke is getting elect, uh, electrocuted, mm-hmm. you have the music playing. Music can be a way to show emotion as well, right? Yeah. And you literally just have Vader looking back and forth and the between uh, Palpatine and between his son being yeah. electrocuted. No words. No facial expressions. No facial expressions either, right? Just the music and just film mm-hmm. and just the you know the editing, all of that. And then he picks up and you it's emotional. I get emotional every time during that sure. scene. And then George Lucas had to add, I don't know if you've seen this in the Blu-ray now. He Bayer goes, no. No, as he's picking up. Sure. Palpatine the throw. I'm like, what? That was not necessary. We knew what he right. was feeling already. Right. Yeah. And I'm just like, George, like, he can't just let us know that they're in love by like the way that they're looking and smiling at each mm-hmm. other or through other like, you know, flirty kind of ways, sure. like with Han and Leia, right? right. Like right. they he has to have them always saying in episode two the whole, I truly, deeply in love with you well and so, i don't know but also he's so his, he looks him i guess I, I i think this is something you can look talk about hating christians acting when he's just looking at her when he's not it's talking he's so creepy so it's like <laughs> show don't tell okay i'm not gonna do anything you look creepy okay talk okay so the writing creepy. is terrible so it's just like which way do we go you know i know i know <laughs> but yeah there's i think there's a lot of lines that are kind of like that in this movie mm-hmm. that just yeah like george what what were you going for here? Yeah. Well, and I think there's, there's some things that really get, you know, starts getting set up again, not to make Padme her own character within this movie, but only a device yep. to, you know, um, make Anakin do things, you know, and, and turning, turning to the dark side. Cause you know, he has this nightmare that she's dying in 
um, childbirth. And there's some things that like even his conversation with Yoda, that's actually pretty good. You know, he, Yoda yes, says that is a good scene. A fear of loss is a path to the dark side. Attachment leads to jealousy. Train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose, which is really what is Anakin's motivation within this movie is everything is motivated by him not losing Padme mm-hmm. in which, you know, really sets him in motion <clears throat> with Palpatine again in the scenes between him and Palpatine within this movie so good early on oh yeah um it's some of the best stuff and it's the stuff that i really wanted to clue like just really tune into i like i wrote down all their conversations in a lot of ways because i'm just like his acting his performance the writing is so solid here um though there are times where i'm just like okay anakin you should have been a little bit clued more in on his dark (laughs) side um prior to being like that one scene you know but you could people argue about that with all the Jedi. And then like, you know, you'll have people argue, Oh, it's because Sidious was so powerful. He was able to hide, you know, Mm -hmm. all that from them. But I don't know if you want to get into, uh, the tragedy of Darth Plagueis right now. Cause that is, I don't know if that's further, but that's one of my favorite scenes in all star Wars. Sure. Sure. No, I think that's good. I think, you know, kind of leading up to that, you know, there, again, it's kind of the politics thing, you know, or like, Anakin's not allowed on the council because he's going to be a representative to Palpatine. His, his reaction. What? Yeah. <laughs> you can't be a Jedi master though, but you can be on the council because they're, they're fearful of Palpatine and this, and Palpatine is just like using that to sow in more and more distrust. It's so good. Can we, I've heard a lot of people argue this and I don't know if you've ever thought about it. Like I think Mace Windu is a lot at fault. He's like, a jerk to Anakin. Well, I think there's even, I think there's a lot of problems within, and I think we see this. I think we're kind of early on, even as I go back and watch the original trilogy, some of the stuff that Yoda says about, you know, how things are, how should things should be with, you know, the Jedi ways. I'm just like, eh. the Jedi are perfect. Yeah. Yeah. They, the Jedi are not, not necessarily great. And I, I think, you know, there's some problems. And I think if anything that I really kind of like about the, the Disney era of episodes seven eight or nine is that they play with that a little bit more to kind of say I wish the jedi went further though you know what i mean if they were yeah. going to do that i think they should have gone further but no i i do agree with you that uh the yeah the jedi and i think george meant to do that i think some people think that he didn't but i think he meant to say that like it was kind of stupid for the jedi to say hey you can't be in love you know what i mean like sure. that's not like how to handle things sure um you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, they, they should, they're Jedis. They should have been able to clue a little bit more in on the fact that, the, you know, this, the emperor is, or, you know, that Palpatine is the bad guy here, you know, manipulating yeah. or like they even say earlier on, like, or later on he goes, Oh, the dark side just surrounds the Senator or, you know, surrounds the chancellor. And then when Anakin comes to Mace Windu, he's like, he's the Sith Lord. He's like, he is like, like, I don't know. Everybody's just like, what? Throughout this whole movie, you know, but especially, I, especially the Jedi that mm-hmm. fight uh, Sidious at first. Oh my they gosh. They really yeah. had no clue. What was they go down so freaking <laughs> fast. Oh man, yeah. And so, you know, like the council is trying to get Anakin to spy on on Chancellor. The Chancellor is like, I need you to kind of spy on them, you know, and then like you, you just the Chancellor is so good. Palpatine is so good, it's just sowing in distrust. Let's talk about that scene that you mentioned. The um the tragedy of, Have you ever heard of the tragedy of Darth Plagueis? Which 
Oh, yeah, that scene is so good. And by the way, if you haven't read the book, Darth Plagueis, it is one of the best Star Wars books out there. It is really good. Now, you're going to have to tell me this because I I think um, you, you're you well, way more versed, especially within the books. And I know that, like, how the books work, like, one line can, like, in a Star Wars movie, launch a whole trilogy yes. of, <laughs> of books. Yep. And so when it comes to Darth Plagueis it really kind of almost feels like this movie is insinuating that Sidious is the apprentice at times. Is that the case in the yes. books? Okay. Yes. So him, like he taught his apprentice and then his apprentice killed him in his sleep. You know, it was just like, well, you're watching this movie. You're like, okay. So duh, I'm talking about you, you know, and how many like evil head turns, you know, the, the, the chancellor gives Anakin. He's like, not for the Jedi. It turns his head slowly and menacing. You know, there's, there's so many head turns in this scene. I also want to know, what are they watching? I don't know. Is it a, is it a sport? Is it an, is it a dance? Is it, it's some kind of like entertainment. In, in my mind, it's sort of like fireworks, like their version of fireworks, but everyone's just sitting there quietly. You know what I mean? It seems like they're supposed to be sitting there quiet. It feels like they're like, at the opera. I don't know. Or like the a ballet. play or yeah. like watching a play or something. Yeah. I'm, I have no idea. I don't know if there's, lore somewhere about what they're watching i'm sure there is but mm-hmm. i not uh well versed in that lore <laughs> yeah yeah and there's 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 a line in here that i think is good and i think that some of the problems is and i think we see it within the the prequels is george lucas he was obviously so great within the original trilogy but he had people around him who were like who gave him who were who showed restraint and in this movie, and in these trilogies, there's just no restraint. So, like, for me, when when Anakin says the Jedi use their power for good, and Sidious says good is a point of view, the Sith and the Jedi are similar in almost every way, including their quest for greater power. And then, you know, we have the, the callback to that line, basically, later on between the fight of Anakin and, and Obi-Wan. And you have the stupid line where he goes... Well, my point of view, the Jedi are evil, which I think, again, is one of my least favorite lines ever in Star Wars. During that so, fight, I there are so many great scenes. Like, I quote so many lines in that, but we'll wait to get there. They're, and they're mainly bad, and right. they're good because they're bad. <laughs> is, is there anything else with the 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 story of Plagueis that I mean, you just want to talk the, about? I just think the acting by... Uh, Ian McDermott is fantastic during mm-hmm. this whole... I, I think... Is he a little bit over the top? Yes, but I like it here. I right. like that it's a little over the top. And right. like he is very menacing. And yeah, it's sort of like, dude, he's clearly evil. Like, yeah. why would you? <laughs> but I think I think that goes really into show. I think I have to be a little bit more like I kind of changed my way that I I viewed Anakin in this movie a little bit more, primarily around the idea and the notion of when did he turn? When did he turn to the dark side? And I think for me in watching it, I believed he turned earlier than when we see everything happen with Mace window, uh, window dying, you know, Mace out the window dying. Um, <laughs> he's, I think, I believe that he turns, I think based on another conversation, I think the conversation where they're in the hallway and, and Anakin lights up the lightsaber and then he decides not to attack the chancellor. I think it's within that conversation that Anakin truly is on the dark side. And because the only reason I know we're kind of skipping ahead towards further in the only reason why he's like, no, we can't kill 
um, the Emperor. We can't kill Darth Sidious because it's not the Jedi way. Wake up, Anakin. You killed Dar- Count Dooku. Mm-hmm. You killed all the, the Sand people. Um, so it, in your mind, some deaths are totally justified, reasonable and justified. Yeah. You just saying this mm-hmm. is like, I need to keep him alive, yeah. basically, in order for me to learn his power in order to keep Padme alive. So I think he's, I think he's totally lying in that moment where he's saying, no, don't, because people are like, Oh well, you know he goes from saying no, this is not the Jedi way, to going and killing kids. You know, I've heard that criticism about him, but I think he's turned beforehand. And yeah, I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but like it all. This is a corny line myself, but like it all depends on what your definition of turning is. As like, so is he fully a hundred percent? Because there is obviously there's you know a gray area. There mm-hmm. is right. Yeah, because um, he's and, so susceptible to him. So. You know, because after, I believe it's after, yeah, it's when he's on back on Mustafar. Like we see, like tears in his eyes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And at one point, this is a this is a big thing. At one point, I believe it's after he slaughters, not the younglings, um, all of the uh, oh, like the separatists. separatists yeah. He turns and his eyes are yellow, and that's when you know, like that's when like a Sith is like fully a Sith is when their eyes are mm-hmm. yellow. But then later on when he's fighting, Oh, we want his eyes are not yellow anymore. Like that had to have been, there's no way that was just, oops, we forgot to CGI his eyes yellow. Like, no, I think it, they were it's probably a glare. It's probably sparks or something. <laughs> I think like, I don't know. It's like, we need to make them look more mean. I don't know. Or bad. No, but that's, that's a, a big thing is like the eyes being yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's still it's still difficult. It seems like such a fast transition. I've seen people make YouTube videos trying to like explain why like it happened, and yeah, some of them make sense. But like, man, if you just sit down and watch this movie, you don't watch the Clone Wars. It does seem like, whoa, right. where did this come? He right. like is just killing little kids. Yeah. Like that's insane. Right. Like, <laughs> well, what's 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 I think something that stood out to me in regards to that more so this time watching it wasn't the fact that he went from saying, no, we can't kill the emperor to, okay, let's kill children. <laughs> it's the fact that, you know, basically to save Padme and his child who is coming, you know, children, he doesn't know it's children, but child that's coming, he's willing to kill kids. Yes. So I think the juxtaposition there, you know, between, you know, his willingness to basically kill anybody and save even children to save his own yes. family, basically. Yeah. It's it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty horrendous. <laughs> it's pretty horrendous. It makes him seem, and this is, you know, kind of what this he's e- extremely selfish, right? Yeah. Like, and that's basically Sith are all about themselves. Right. So you could say, oh, well, he's doing it for his wife, but uh, no, he's still really he's doing so it for himself. He's so narrowly yes. visioned, you yep. know, in regards to that. You know, nothing else matters. So, all right. We've kind of already been jumping. Like, where do we want to go back to now? <laughs> um, well, I'm just trying to think. You know, actually, one scene that I really like. Um, so, Yoda goes off to Kashyyyk, right? That's Which one is thing. The, the Wookiee planet. Right. Um, I think that was that's kind of cool. I wish they didn't include Chewbacca in there. Actually, I think <laughs> I, yeah, I know it's like it's just fan service. Yeah, dumb fan it service. is. Um, we got to give Peter Mayhew some money. I don't know if, <laughs> if anything. And then, um, but I like the scene between Obi Wan and Anakin before Obi Wan goes out to go after Grievous because you know there's some good dialogue in there and they have a really good moment where Anakin apologizes to Obi Wan. 
where he's like, I've been arrogant. I've been, um, I haven't been great to you. And then Obi-Wan says, I'm proud of you. You know, and there's, there's stuff within that, that I was just like, this is, tell, is that where he tells him like, you'll become a greater Jedi than I in ever, no time. Like, yeah. You'll become a Jedi master in no time. Don't worry about well, it. Well, doesn't he you say know? like, you'll be a greater Jedi than I ever. Doesn't he say a line? Maybe. I don't remember. I, but I could be wrong. But. No, no, you're probably right. You've seen, the, you've seen these movies more than <laughs> I have. I mean, this, this trilogy in particular, but you might be right. But I was like watching this. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is the last time they see each other before, before he turns. Yep. You know, and that really kind of stood out to me. Yeah. You know, made me really kind of sad. And you don't know that for sure the first time watching the movie, right? right but obviously right. going back the second time, you realize. And yeah, it is a much more impactful scene knowing that that's the last time that they talk to each other before they see each other on uh, Mustafar. So. Yeah. Well, it's, I guess we can talk about the, the planet, uh, the sequence with Obi-Wan and and grievous i mean it's very kind of not i don't think there's too too much to talk about he he goes there the most famous one of the more famous star wars lines ever comes on that scene though what is it hello there oh yes it is <laughs> well it's like it's like i see those are the kind of like fan service things i do like because obi-wan you know when we see him in in the new hope when we first meet him he says hello there to r2 and i'm mm-hmm. just like i like that moment i like this little callback to it it's so minute where it's not like so hand-fisty yeah you know and it's just like, here you go. You will love this, right? Like, this is just like, oh, that's kind of a cute plan. Real quick before I forget. So right before Obi-Wan and Grievous fight, there's this awful shot where it's right up on Obi-Wan's eyes. And he says the, oh, I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Like, it's so corny. I, yeah. Even the shot, I don't want to be like, it's like zoomed in. It doesn't feel like a Star Wars shot at all. Like sure. right in on his eyes. It's almost like a Quentin Tarantino oh, kill Bill shot, you know? It's so bad. And then literally Grievous is coming at him like a freaking... Propellers. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if, for how Obi-Wan has fought against Sidious, he, or sorry, Dooku, he should have gotten his butt kicked by, by Grievous. <laughs> by Grievous as well, yeah. right? Like, Yeah. The, there's the consistency of someone's ability to fight in this is totally, I mean, him being able to beat Mace Windu and then he gets like handed his butt handed to him by Dooku. You know what I mean? Like, or what, did, what did I say? I meant Darth Maul. I say Mace Windu. I meant yeah. Darth I was Maul. confused about, Mace I meant Darth Windu. Maul. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, honestly, but there's still like, I kind of still in this movie, this time watching, I'm like, I kind of like Grievous. And I don't know if it's because I, after watching the clone wars, I think his movement's cool. I think him having four arms with lightsabers. I'm like, that actually looks pretty darn cool. Him spinning like propellers, <laughs> I, you know, I just, but then again, he gets his butt kicked so easily by having his limbs just cut off yep. left and right. It's, like, I think like Obi-Wan's like first swing takes a limb off. Yeah. Right. And Grievous never says anything. I guess maybe the droids know like Obi-Wan jumps down. How does he not know that like the hundreds of droids around him aren't going to just start firing right. all at him? Like right. he literally jumps down and there's this like Dooku all of a sudden is like, is he this respectable gentleman? That's like, no, only I can take it. I just feel like he'd be like, uh, fire, like yeah. kill him, take him out. Yeah. I don't know that. Like I did, did Obi-Wan know? Like that kind of seems stupid, but um, yeah. And then the their fight scene is, Fairly cool, but I and I do enjoy the way that Grievous gets taken out. Yeah, with a blaster, with his core being exposed. Is it his heart? It's right. It looks, it looks like, like a human like heart. heart. It right? does kind of yeah, because he is clearly not fully droid. 
So he gets like shot in the heart and it is, it is pretty cool. Like, you know, visual effects and this, how it looks, but then Obi-Wan with the blaster, so uncivilized and he throws the blaster away. Like that was another cool, it it's didn't cool. feel too no. like, you know, fan servicey, but no, it works. <laughs> it works. I like, I think, you know, again, um, I like Ewan McGregor in these movies. He's one of the oh. better parts within these series. That's why I can't wait for. Oh come on! Whenever that series. Oh comes come out. on! I am so here for it. It's it's definitely from from the get go is the one that I was most excited about and hearing about it coming. Um, but no, I think, and I think he has some of the, he he hold, he carries the weight of the scenes, the emotional scenes at the end of the movie. You know. With, oh yeah. You know, at, at the very very end, except for one scene in particular. I'm going to be talking about another uh, line that he has coming up fairly soon um, that is not a good delivery by Ewan McGregor, but okay. I'll, I'll wait till we get to that scene. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love Ewan McGregor, I think, as an actor. He right? overall is the best part, I think, in the sequel, uh, prequel mm-hmm. trilogy. Oh, for sure. But even he has a difficult time with some of George's uh, dialogue. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. I mean, it's like you, you got to give somebody something to work with, you know? Um, so, I mean... And then, and then we see with Mace Windu, he says, you know, okay, you need to go because now the Separatists have been taken down, you know, or not the Separatists or the, the droid army. Grievous is down. Mm-hmm. Go and deliver this news to Palpatine, which he's like, okay, if he knows that he is – that Anakin is so tempted right now and all these things are going, going on, and, why would you send him to him, you know what I mean, to cloud you even more, Mace. especially when you know – that the dark side is surrounding the, the yeah. uh, Palpatine at this point. He goes, we will be able to see how he responds to the defeat of Grievous, you know, yeah. on whether, you know, he'll give up his power from, you know, having control of, you know, the Senate. Especially Mace Windu, who seems to not trust Anakin, like, one bit. Like, he's never had any faith in Anakin, I feel like, at all. Mm-hmm. So, a little silly. Um but yeah, so he goes. Anakin goes to. Uh, Pal- oh, I keep mixing up. I was gonna say Sidious, but he sees him as Chancellor Palpatine. Right. So, um, right. And, and, and that's yeah, when he's like, to... he's so he's so upfront now. You know, you know, just like let me teach you on the dark side. You know, how does that get? I'm trying to remember now. How does that like initially get brought up? He says, "Okay, they see their they see your future. Mm-hmm. They know your power. You're too strong to control." You break through the fog of the lies of the Jedi has created for you. Um, they don't necessarily, they help you. They don't know the subtleties of the force. How do you know the subtleties of the force? Oh, My okay. mentor taught me to them, yep. the force, even the nature of the dark side. You know the dark side, you know? So, you know, he says, Anakin, if to if one is to understand the great mystery, only have to study all aspects. Which is like, that's a great line as well. Yeah. Like, I could see that being, here's the thing is like, if we called the light side, the you know this is the post whatever and the dark side was what you know if they had different yeah. names it'd be a lot easier for us i feel like even as viewers to be like yeah you'd want to study both sides because sure. one is called the light side and one is called the dark side dark side is bad be like oh dark side bad don't study that right, right but like if they were called different things yeah you would be like if i'm focusing in this area the force i would want to study right all aspects of it right. so i think that's a great line from uh well, that's why it would be so interesting to have a story that like, like a more gray yeah like yeah. you get to know the story like have a joker movie about emperor you know what i mean like oh you want like a 
Well, because like if if somebody like it'd be interesting to watch somebody's like, oh, I'm just interested in learning. I just want to know. You know what I mean? He's like saying that though, I, but I don't know. think he's really meaning it. Like because clearly he. I don't think he knew how to save Padme. I think he's oh. lying. Well, that's that's such a that's such a cool part too. Because once we see the death after the death of Mace Windu, when he's like, "Okay, you're going to teach me your ways," he's like, "Well, I don't really know, <laughs> but maybe if we put our heads together, you and oh, I can both man. figure this out." You know, <laughs> like, whoa! You just promised the whole world to yeah. this person, and now you're now that he's in, you're like, well. <laughs> Yeah, and I, it's just so funny. He goes, you know, and learn uh, learn to know the dark side of the force, and you will be able to save your wife from certain death. And Anakin goes, what did you say? He goes, use my knowledge, I beg you. And then he goes, you're the Sith Lord. Is that when he pulls uh, out his saber? Yeah, he's like, uh, duh! <laughs> like, he was just done. Like, the, the last time you saw him, when you went to go see the ballet opera bubble thing, he was waxing poetic so much about the dark side. Like it's not raising red flags for you, but I think what I think Lucas could have done a better job at really relaying is the fact that Anakin at that point, he, he, you got to show that he just doesn't care. He doesn't, he knows, but he just doesn't care because he cares more about saving Mm -hmm. Padme. You needed to show that more in order to really allow that change to see, to seem more believable. Because as we watch this on the screen, it just doesn't seem as believable to me as it should be. I think they could have, he could have done a better job of showing like that conflict. You know what I mean? That inner mm-hmm. conflict. The only there's only like one line I feel like that really shows inner conflict, and it's another bad one though. What have I done? Right, right. <laughs> and besides that, like we don't. Then his next line is like, I my master blah blah he's like bowing down to him it's like whoa again like just feels like a oh, past okay here we are <laughs> and now he's darth vader for some reason yeah see i think it's i think if if i believe i, I think it works better it works more if i was to believe that he turned earlier like you know when he's in the hallway and he realizes and he says you're the sith lord and he lights his lightsaber or whatnot he's like you want i can feel your anger you know like mm-hmm. i could believe i can believe it that that's where he turned or i can even believe it when he's when may says let me go alone and then you see him looking off and he's like turmoil and he knows and he hears like that voice within himself that's the um darth sidious going if if i was to be killed then I, the knowledge of how to save your how save your love goes with me i think even then i would argue and say you know that's when he turns you know so i think I don't think he really, really turns because then he's just basically saying to Mace, he's lying to Mace saying, no, no, we don't kill. That's not the way that we do it. Mm-hmm. We need to capture him, you know? But anyway, um, that that scene when Mace faces off against him and those two other or three other expendable oh, Jedis. Man. See, this is the stuff that I have. A, this is where, for me, I really start to dislike Ian McDermott's performance. Everything before this, phenomenal, incredible. So, uh, but when he's like flying around doing like, Sith stuff. It's just, yeah. And he's like, he's doing barrels. This is audio, and- but like he just has this goofy face, and he just he stabs right. a lot because he's old and he didn't really train how to right. use a lightsaber. I don't see. That's the thing. I don't want to see him fight with a lightsaber in the no. same way. I don't want to see Yoda fight exactly. with a lightsaber. I just like to see them be smart, you know, and cunning and not threatening physically necessarily apart More from lightning you know in the force yeah, yeah exactly because i think it's it's better but when you see them picking up a lightsaber and fighting so like when he's fighting mace windu and then these other jedis go down it's just like 
I don't believe it. I don't buy it. Man, I'm sorry, but those are supposed to be those are all Jedi masters with with Mace Windu. They aren't like apprentices. They aren't Jedi knights. They go down there. They're Jedi masters. At least let them have a few clashes with him. Yeah, I think two of them get like just stabbed without even like. It's so bad, and it's like, come on. I understand Palpatine's supposed to be strong, but like that was. I remember in theaters the first time watching it being like what yeah like not being like whoa darth sidious is so strong that wasn't what i thought i thought this is stupid like that was (laughs) yeah my thought is of 14 year old or however old i was as a kid watching this in theaters it was bad and and his his acting his performance and the way he delivers his lines especially his no 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 you know i like you will die like it's just it's not another meme as the unlimited power yeah. it's very like it's very um, by the strength of grayskull you know it's it's very much um skeletor for me i I don't have a great uh emperor palpatine impersonation i have a friend who oh my gosh it's it's amazing he can i'm (laughs) jealous because there are some lines in the original trilogy that are pretty i love uh him in return of the jedi though yeah yeah and so um mace goes down mace gets killed mace and this is a big argument and we can we don't need a date debate about this right now, but like some people think Mace actually beat uh, Palpatine, and some people say Palpatine is so smart and knew what was going to be happening that he purposely let Pal uh, Mace beat him. So then, when because he knew Anakin sure. was going to come in, sure, and so that like that would help turn. Anakin. Right. Well, I, I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think there's total play acting by when he's like, I'm dying. Oh, oh I you know. know. It's like, oh no. And then he gets up. And he's like, so, <laughs> you know, so I think there's some degree where he's really, you know, he's putting on a performance. You know, I thought you were going to say that Mace Windu is still alive. And I was just like, oh, some people do say that. That would be insane. Oh, so stupid. <laughs> I, I just like, let him go. Let the characters go. It's yeah. they serve a more important role for them to die than just to hang on to him because mm-hmm. they're cool. You know, um, and so I think I, I mean, where, where do we want to go from here? Um, you want, I think we talked a little bit about Mace. I think, I think he just serves as an important tool. I think Samuel L. Jackson, like you see him die, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, Anakin just killed Samuel L. Jackson, one of the most known actors out there. You know, maybe that's weird, weird thing to comment on. I think Samuel L. Jackson's screams are actually pretty good when he's getting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually, it's so such a little minute thing, but like him, his screaming as he's getting mm-hmm. electrocuted, like. The last time I watched it, I was like, that sounds like, I mean, I don't know what someone sounds like when they get electrocuted, but like, mm-hmm. I would guess maybe something like, yeah. <laughs> like that. Well, and I think, I think also, I think this, you look at this scene too, I think it's, this is an important scene when you think about Return of the Jedi as well. When you see, you know, with the Emperor, you know, and Luke, and here's Anakin in between, really being the one who has to make the decision mm-hmm. about what happens. And so he chooses poorly this time yes. by cutting off the hands of Mace Windu. Again, another dismemberment. Yep. Um, you know, and then then Palpatine kills him. And then the the flip side to that scene is what we see in Return of the Jedi again, when he decides to really save his son, yeah. throws Palpatine down the, the shaft, you know. And so I think those 
those two scenes work very, they work important together. And that's one thing I got to give credit to George Lucas for with that. I think the dialogue stinks here, but I think, you know, if you see what he's really trying to go for as kind of being a response and a reasoning why, you know, he plays things out the way that he does as, you know, Darth Vader does or Anakin does in Return of the Jedi, I think this is an important scene to talk about. So yeah, Anakin, what have I done? And then he bows down he gets called Lord Vader here, right? Yeah. Isn't this a scene he yeah. gets called Lord Vader? And then does, does he gives him instructions, basically. Does he tell him to start killing Jedi? Yeah, here? he says, catch like, them off balance and kill them all. When you do, the dark side will make you strong enough to save Padme. So he keeps what? this promise. He's like dangling this thing in front of him. He's like, once you kill all the Jedi, like then we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then after done with that, Oh, can you go to Mustafar and kill all the separatists for me too? And then, you know, the Sith, we will finally rule the galaxy. It's just like, there's, and I think that's an important thing. There's, the temptation is always out there. Mm-hmm. The temptation is is always there. Satan keeps dangling promise before you of, the, of fulfillment and success and what you're going to find once you do these things, but it's, it's always out of reach. Mm-hmm. Just do this instead. Do this first and then. You know, save me. You gotta save me. I'm gonna die. And all this, uh, the the knowledge of saving your wife will die with me. Yeah, I mean, like, if we think about, like, just worldly living, it's like, oh, once you get this, you'll be happy. Once you get this house, you'll be happy. Once you get this car, you'll be happy. Once you get this new job that's paying this much money. And you talk to people, and they're just. Right. Net, like that doesn't bring you happiness, right. but you it's keep depressed. thinking something like once mm-hmm. I get this, it will bring me happiness. Right. Uh, okay. We're getting off. A little. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about order 66? Oh man. We got another part that makes the series makes better, you know, in my mind. It does. But George Lucas's music during this scene is just, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. And even though, I think this is an excellent scene. Even without the the Clone Wars series, I think Order 66, even though the Jedi we're seeing killed aren't Jedi we really care about, I think it's still a fairly emotional scene. And I think oh, sure. especially the cuts to Yoda. Yeah. And Yoda just like he's like almost like grabbing his chest and he drops his cane and he like, realizes Mace is gone when the only other one I know by name is Plo Koon. Plo Koon, there's Ayla, uh, does Kit, I think Kit Fisto is the one in the ship that gets blown up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, See, I remember them from lightsaber battles on the on the PlayStation around the time <laughs> that episode one first came out. Um, yeah, it's, uh, what's the name of the guy with the big head? Why am I blanking out? Yeah, the one with the cone head? Yeah. I have I don't know. Um, um. I'm a I'm a gonna die. I'm gonna die. Is that what you just said? There's there is a Jedi called I'm a gonna die, and people. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's a great scene. Yeah. I think just and it, it's so silly, but like seeing like the worlds that they're in is just really cool. Some of the mm. worlds that we see them in. Again, I don't believe. I think it's is it Ayla? She's the one female the one that one. like yeah that just she doesn't sense. That, you know what I mean? Jedi are supposed to have these hot and like, right. I feel like she should have at least been able to turn around and deflect a few. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I'm like, these Jedi, some of the Jedi still went out like punks. They do. I'm like, they're supposed to be like these, you've shown, yeah. especially in the prequel trilogy, right. there are these incredibly powerful beings, like way above, like if we're talking just 
original trilogy, I'd more believe right. that this could happen to them. But in the prequels, we've seen like super speed, super yep. everything, and they go out like punks. Yeah. But besides that, I think it's a very powerful scene. The music is excellent. Yeah. And then, yeah, it cuts to Yoda, and he's like really struggling. And then you see the clone troopers that are with him. You see like a, a hologram. I don't mm-hmm. think you hear any dialogue. Maybe he says like, yes, sir, or whatever. Yeah, and he, he says, turns around. 66, yeah. He turns around. And then it's just, I think this is a cool scene. Even though we don't like Yoda using lightsabers sure. where he just leaps up and like beheads both of the clone right. troopers with like one swoop. Yep. And then I think, is it? Uh, like the look on like the the uh, Wookiee's, Wookiee's face, faces yeah. are just hilarious as well. Like they just were not expecting that. Yeah, it's that is cool. That is cool for sure. I mean, then we also have the scene where you know Cody gives Cody, the yeah. lightsaber back to Obi Wan, and then he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go." Okay, and then it's like Order sixty six. Okay, shoot him down. You know, that's a scene that's way more impactful after watching. Absolutely, because after we get to know Cody yeah. from the series. It's just like, oh, what's that one trooper's name? It's Cody. Oh, yeah, okay. And then you watch the series like, that was Cody! And you know, like, him like, and Obi-Wan were very close. Yeah. So that was, yeah, a very uh, – a much more impactful scene after watching the, the series. Um, probably, I would say, the best scene between Anakin and Padme is probably after Anakin gets done with the Jedi Temple and he goes to Padme and says, I have to go to Mustafar now. You know, and, and she's – I think this is probably one of the best written scenes between them where before it was just like, so love has blinded you. <laughs> like this is actually probably the, the best scene between them in the movie. But um, he tells her he's going to Mostafar and he tells her that the Jedi are being killed and they've been plotting against the chancellor and democracy. And I think, Oh, I gotta, that's one thing plotting I gotta say is, well, that was one thing actually that I think is really good is that, you know, the chancellor starts sowing distrust in Anakin early on when he's like, Yes, they have a problem with the you know with me as the chancellor because they also have a problem with the republic, which means they have a problem with democracy. It's like no, that's really not the case. They have mm-hmm. a problem with somebody who's put themselves in a position of power to have control. Who's been everything. in power for way too long, right? Right. But the way that he's able to just kind of tie all those things together and kind of associate himself and all those things and paint this picture that this is really what is what's being said and what's the problem here. Um, is brilliant and is brilliantly done. It's how somebody really goes about and manipulates. Cause if like, if a means B meets, um, if a equals B equals C, you know what I mean? It's just that, that tying things in together. That is really, yeah. really how manip- manipulative people actually work, you know? Um, so they, we have the two, let's, I mean, I kind of, let's speed a little bit further ahead. We get the, the fight between, Anakin and, and Obi-Wan because, you know, Obi-Wan follows Padme to Mustafar because she, she knows where he on, is. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, so there we have the face off there and then we have Yoda with the emperor. Cause you know, they have that whole thing where he's like, I need to try to stop this here. There's one part I, and they go back and forth. And I think the fight between Obi-Wan and Anakin is so great, mm-hmm. but you throw in there the fight between Yoda and the emperor. CGI Yoda oh. doing flips around uh there there's one part with the the yoda part that i do like is when he first walks in and he just waves his hand and the two guards just collapse that's cool and but oh, that's really cool. i don't know if you noticed it it's actually hilarious though so uh palpatine shoots electricity hits yoda back but then yoda you know eventually gets up hits 
And he flips over the oh, chair like his dress like flips yeah. over and his legs. You see his butt. Yeah. It's, like, it's so comical. It, it and is silly. comical. Like I see. I want to see the emperor be so menacing. Yeah, I know. And evil. I, know. I don't want to see silly. I don't. I, I want him to see like. When we see him like this, he seems more menacing before when he's a manipulator. Yeah. Now that more than when he's just like, I am evil and bad. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's cackling. Like, I he's watched him always with got this, Yeah, he's yeah. always got this huge smile and laugh on his face. Yeah, constantly. and it's just, it's so comical Where, and silly. If you think about Return of the Jedi, is he like really smiling and laughing and cackling a lot? Return I don't know. It's just, Jedi? it's so. Oh, and I Return don't think Jedi, so. No. I think he's just like, struck me down, you know, and it's like, he's. Take it. You want this? Like he's I so good. You he's what? so good, and even that. But this is just like, come on, let's. It's bad. Yeah. It's so bad. And again, he gives me my favorite performance in the same movie as he gives me the his the worst performance. So, um, going back though to Anakin versus Obi Wan, yeah. I think some of the worst line delivery in this movie yes. is before the fight and during. There are some really bad ones during the fight, but like the. You will not take her away from me. Um, yeah. And then just yeah, some of the lines of the one me and my brother. I don't know why we quote this one so much. I just think it's so corny the way Aiden Christensen says it. And um, what is it? Obi Wan says like I will do as I I will do what I must. Right. And then Anakin goes, "You will try." Like just the <laughs> way he says it is so bad. Yeah. Oh, and we I don't. There's so many times like. In life, like you can say that line, and me and my brother do it all the time with each other. Yeah, and I think you know, in the, the the writing for him as Darth Vader is so poorly written. You know, it's like um, Obi Wan is trying to turn you against me. Love can't save you, Padme. Only Padme, only my powers can do that. <laughs> you know, it's just like, and then even her, just at that moment, Anakin, you're breaking my heart. It's you're just, going down a path I can't follow. Oh, it's so it's so poor. It's so bad, you know. Um, and then I don't understand because Obi Wan shows up all of a sudden, like he's loose, and I understand, but like he starts choking his pregnant wife, right? Force choking his pregnant because wife because he believes that she betrayed him. But still, it's just like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, "You have turned her against me. You and you then, have done that yourself." And I think you know the. I think. Ewan McGregor is holding the weight of these scenes so well, you know, and especially when he's again, dismembered <laughs> sitting on the banks of that lava river. Um, I know we're kind of steaming ahead, but there's just like so much CGI fighting really just like intense, like floating around on robot thing. It's really good. Yes. And again, the music is awesome. Yes. Real quick though. I'm, we missed the, my, the worst line in my opinion by Obi-Wan. Okay. Is I saw a hologram of him. Killing younglings like that line, but I don't know if I don't know if who's an amazing actor, uh, Daniel Day Lewis. I don't know if he could perform that. You know, what I mean, there's right. certain lines that are just like, oh man, like that's bad. Like, well, I don't know if that's a I, maybe it's just the delivery. I don't think the line is bad. I saw a video of him killing younglings. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't seem to me like it would be uh, that terribly written. But even the one I just said, you have done that yourself. Like some of the yeah. lines are just, and I love you yeah. McGregor, but some of them, but what you were just getting to, well, which I guess we can, I got to gotta say again, I got to really point out by my point of view, the Jedi are evil. That is one of my most heinous lines that I hate in this movie. 
Like, come on. Like, it's such a childish line. Like, well, my point of view is like, I mean, I, I see the big Lebowski. I'm wearing actually a big Lebowski shirt. He's like, well, that's just like, it almost looks like point- Jesus. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's like, well, that's just like your point of view, man. You know? It's a line the big Lebowski would come out with. Not, not Anakin Skywalker, not Darth Vader. Come on. Anyway. Yes. So, and then when the whole high ground thing, that's become a very memeable uh, thing, yep. you know, which but- is, it is really stupid. Sure. It is it's really silly. stupid. It that doesn't make that is the reason why essentially, if you think about Darth Vader became who we know him as, because like literally, I remember as a kid watching this movie, being like, "Wait a second. In episode one, Obi Wan was hanging in a way more vulnerable mm-hmm. position. Yep, <laughs> leaps over. Yep, Mace, uh, uh, Darth Maul. It's like, what? The high ground didn't matter there. Like, right. why does this matter? And, and so, but then you, again, I think here are some of the, the best lines: "Is you were the chosen one." His emotion. Oh, and this is great. This you were told. You were you were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. You were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. That's some of the best right there. And I still think uh, Hayden Christensen's I Hate You is a really impactful, like, I mean, so why? You know why? Because he's emotional. This is the first time (laughs) and the only time we've ever seen him be emotional within the Star Wars movies. Yeah, his I hate you. Like it, it, it gets me. Like when I watch that that movie, it does. Like he, he's got about a, as much personality throughout these movies as like a like a piece of toast. <laughs> but in this scene, he's like, "You're right. It's good." His performance of "I hate you" is so good. You're right. And yeah, Ob- yeah, Obi Wan's performance or Ewan McGregor's performance is phenomenal at the very end. And then we see the shot of him picking up. Anakin's lightsaber, which is very important for, jeez, if you think about it, like the original trilogy and now the sequel trilogy, right? Yeah, like that yeah. shot of him picking up Anakin's lightsaber. Anakin, so Anakin is missing both his legs and one arm. I think the only arm that didn't get chopped off was the one that was already mecha- like mm-hmm. mechanical. <laughs> which, you know, for me to lose, for him to lose all his limbs, it one thing that it, it actually a problem for me is when I think about the trilogy, the original trilogy and Darth Vader is doing the choke hold all the time. Mm-hmm. So he does this, but like you, they're mechanical limbs. So like putting your hand up and with like your fingers, like, Oh, uh, uh, you know, like choking out Imperials, you know, left and right. I'm like, does that actually work? Is there a, is I there... think he could probably force Chuck force choke without doing that. I don't know. Then why, bring, like... why pull up your hand? I don't know. It's just, <laughs> It's it's a movie thing, so it's that like, you can know that he's let you what's know. doing. Yeah, it. it's like maybe it's like I'm gonna let you know as I'm choking you what I'm actually doing. You know, so I don't know. It's it's a little nitpicky. But. So yeah, all of his limbs missing, sets on fire, and and Obi Wan walks away and like, whew, oh yeah. man, like I can't. You don't try to capture him. You don't try to like take it. You don't. You know what I mean? Well, like, the crazy thing is he's letting him. He could have like put him out. He's assuming he's dead, right? Right. Could put him out of his misery. Go yeah. over and like stab him, cut his head. Like he's letting him, he's screaming like on fire and he walks away. It's like, I understand it's your brother. You you did care about him, but like, but dude. But you like, dismembered oh. him and, and gave him, <laughs> you know, seventh degree burn, you know, like the least you could do is, is take this guy out of his misery, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like if he did, what would the events of Star Wars be like then? You know, what, would, know. what kind of reign would the Emperor actually have on the galaxy? I'm sure he would, could have found – because there's other Force users, you know, 
that aren't trained, I'm sure, sure he could have found another. Because you know, because he had Darth Maul and he had Count Dooku. Hey, Chester. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and then I believe after that we see. Uh, is, is that cut to? Is it with Palpatine or is it cut to us seeing? Obi-Wan and Yoda together first. Oh, um, I believe well, that happens. Yeah, because I mean, those scenes go back and forth as we see the birth of the twins, Luke and Leia, with the death of Padme, at the same time as we see Gosh, the, the of assembly Padme. of... She's just lost her will to live. And the, I, I hate the little, the droid, the uber, uber. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, okay, get it out of here. Like, you know, like it, it, it just distracts from the a, a real emotional beats that we should really be focused on here. Um, so there is a theory out there that, so Palpatine finds, he's not Anakin anymore. It's still difficult for me to, Vader. when he doesn't have a suit on, it's still difficult for me to call him Vader, but I guess he is Lord Vader and he goes and that scene is just awesome. Like yeah. the scene of him and they're in, yeah, they're cutting back and forth between the scene of the birth of Luke and Leia and essentially the real true birth right, of, of Vader, Vader as we know him. And that is like, that's another awesome choice by George sure, Lucas. Sure, like, that yes. is so good. It's, it's scary and sad, you know, and you have the, when the helmet comes on oh, the breathing, yes. And it's followed so, by the, no, <laughs> but go on. Um, so he, yeah, he wakes up and he asks, where is Padme? And then, uh, Palpatine says, it seems that in your anger, you killed her. How does Palpatine, Palpatine know that Padme is dead? Right. People, a lot of people think that Palpatine was able to, maybe because she was in a weakened state that through the force, he was able to kill her. There are, there are like, and there's some other weird theories out there reasons why people believe this theory but it's just like pretty cool to think that like oh my gosh that would be insane if like he was actually the one that killed padme that is interesting and, and actually it makes me it makes me think about the um the recent darth vader comics have you been reading them i have not i really want to though because i was reading the one by charles soul there are a few free like the first few issues i could read free online right. and they are i know people can start to think that one the best one is the one by charles soul is that the one between episode four and five or is it the one between because the ones that are currently running right now is between episode five and six i believe it was the one between four and five okay it's where he sees boba fett okay so in um, the one that I'm currently reading, which is um, between episodes five and six, it's really about – so like not only does like Luke learn that you know Darth Vader is Anakin's father, but in some ways Darth Vader learns. you Because know, he didn't know initially. Yeah. Right, right. So in, in this comic book series, it's more about him trying to track down the people that were instrumental in keeping um, the death of Padme away from him. Or, you know, where is she kind of a thing. And he actually runs into Padme at the end of like a conclusion of an episode or a, a comic. And then the next one starts off and it's actually his, her um, imposter. And the first one I was like, that's pretty cool. Oh, So they wow. bring her back. So Kira so, Knightley. <laughs> yeah, basically Kira Knightley. And so it's, it's, it's about like him trying to track down the people who are responsible for the death of Padme, which is kind of confusing. Wait, 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 yeah. Which is kind of confusing because like, you're the one who killed her. Yeah. But like, also like they're trying to keep the truth about her, the birth of the children yeah. and her death away from him. And so it's, it's kind of about him trying to hunt that down 
it's it's interesting. And then actually what happens and where I'm currently at, I'm really behind actually, if anybody's been reading up on it recently, um, he kind of betrays the emperor a little bit and trying to get the investigation. There's a lot of stories where like, and I like that, that yeah, Vader still was not like a hundred percent like on board. Oh, sure. Because he's, you hear him all the time. He's like, you know, Padme, we can defeat the Emperor ourselves and rule the galaxy ourselves. And then, hey, Luke, let's defeat the Emperor together. Yep. You know, so like you you see him willing to like take him down if need be. Um, but then basically he, in the comics, he, um, the Palpatine kind of, you know, punishes Vader and he brings him back to Mustafar, takes off his limbs, and then he's left to kind of fend for himself. Jeez. It's, it's actually pretty interesting. You know, so I, I'll have to let you borrow them and so you can take a look at them. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, so we get the birth of Luke and Leia. And go on. Well, you, you want to say something? Oh, no. I mean, it's just, I mean, for me, like Luke is probably my favorite hero like ever in any media, mm-hmm. uh, medium, whatever uh, word I'm trying to use uh, right now. And so just like the birth of him and just knowing like where he, by the way, the decision to try to like hide him on Tatooine, I'm still not entirely sure, sure that's the best. That's the best. <laughs> well, I guess to some degree, I mean, the, the, the name of Skywalker is not necessarily around apart from him because it's Bail Organa, you know, like maybe it's like, oh, let me track down my, my um, mom's, my, let me track down my stepfather and, and his line. You know what I mean? Basically, I don't know. Um, but yeah, still the, the, the death of Padme, I feel like is a little strange and just like the way that, I don't know. The other, another nitpicky thing, man, for her being pregnant with twins, like she did not have, <laughs> she's not showing. No, <laughs> my goodness. Oh my gosh. Um, at least try, you know, have it, have it shown, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have much more to say about the birth. Um, you know, we have Yoda who is going into exile now, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I like, I, I, I feel like that's a good explanation. I do. It, that feels like in character for sure. Yoda to do sure. something like that. Right. To, right? Go to, to go into Dagobah and go into hiding and all that jazz. Um, and then Obi-Wan, uh, oh, I'm just so excited for the TV series. Right. Like I, I feel like that was a rough, Literally all of his friends are dead. His best friend, Heath, as far as he knows, when does he – is that a thing? When does he figure out that – That he's still alive? That Darth Vader, that that Darth Vader – because does, does he even know that Anakin is called Darth Vader I wanna, in Revenge of the I want to see that Obi-Wan – I want to see that in the Obi-Wan series. I want to see that translated. I want to see him realize that the guy he left for dead – is actually now still alive. terrorizing the galaxy. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like he didn't kill him. And that's right. gotta be just like, man, he's gotta have like the worst PD P post traumatic, right? Yep. PTSD. So PTSD. Um, like, Oh my gosh. Oh, like, I want to see it be old man. Obi. Yeah. On Tatooine. We've talked about this before. Like I don't need a lot of action in this, in this. Oh, I want this to be, be, I know, but I want it to be mainly like us just, going through like what this guy has gone through you know a lot of the jokes are that like the there's only what like a 16 year or like 16 sure. 17 and like oh we won like ages like 30 yeah. 40 years it really catches like, up to him it's like when you're president the, and you really well, go great like oh the sun in Tatooine <laughs> must be pretty brutal like in order to uh age obi-wan that fast but um and then yeah i mean we just have vader 
he already found out that uh, his he, what does he have to live for now at this point as well? Right. You know what right. I mean? Like yeah. Like he gave up and is just like, well, I might as well have gone this far. Like I might as well try might to as well get serve, this pat. Like, yeah. I might as well serve the guy who's currently running things is kind of what it almost seems like. And then we see a shot of a kind of funky looking Tarkin. I don't know if – is that like an – did they do anything? Is that an actor? Do they have makeup on that guy's face? You know what I mean? That right. guy that they have playing Tarkin walking away. Yeah, and it's not as it's not as egregious as what we see in Rogue One with Tarkin. No. You know? I actually think it's not too bad in Rogue personally oh. but i think um, tarkin looks much worse than than carrie fisher does um as leia in rogue one. Oh well you only see her for like one she literally turns yeah and you see her for like two seconds um and then we see like is the last shot of the death star being built well, the last to... shot we get and then i think it's perfect is you know we see bail organa and oh it's on Tatooine, and they're looking at the suns holding holding luke you know yep yeah, yeah. So I, I really want Obi Wan to be a, a real Western. You know, I don't want him to leave Tatooine. There's, no, there's talks that that um, Hayden Christensen is going to be on the series, which what I think was it will be the best use of him. And they say no, he's not going to be Anakin. He's going to be Darth Vader. And I'm like, okay, so what does that mean? But what I want to see is flashbacks. I want to see if they can insert within this series more meaningful interactions between Obi Wan and Anakin to make that transition to make that that betrayal a little bit more what believable that's what i want what if like in uh with kylo ren and ray they have like some sort of not as extreme but like some sort of weird force communication between like obi-wan like even if it's like kind of like through dreams you know what i mean Maybe. between obi-wan and Maybe. and uh vader but it would make it i don't know it would, st- it would still then make it less impactful when they see each other it was like a presence that i haven't felt in years you know what i mean like i don't know i don't last know. time we fought like i was the apprentice now i am the master like one right. of those lines or whatever right so i just i hope they don't like redcon too many things at the expense of trying to do other things that they feel i don't know i think i think that's some of the problems that i have with the prequel series all in all you know what i mean to some degree i felt like they betrayed some things of the original trilogy um so obviously we're going to give our final scores here. Let's do, let's do that now because I want to talk about what your expectations are for the Bad Batch just really quickly. Um, what is your kind of final review, your final words on this movie, Revenge of the Sith, as a whole? And what kind of score would you give it? I think as a Star Wars fan, if you're like a big fan of Star Wars, it's easy to forgive like a lot of the issues that there are in this movie. Um, so like as a Star Wars fan, I want to give this like – an eight out of 10, maybe okay. somewhere around there. You know, if I'm just looking at it as like a solo movie, not that much lower. Cause it's still not a bad movie. Um, again, by far the best of the prequel trilogy. Sure. By far. Um, and I think I've even heard people argue that almost like this was like the only movie we really needed. <laughs> we almost didn't need yeah. episodes one and two. Some people say that's interesting. Um, that's an interesting argument. I haven't heard that. I mean, or even if they just like, we had adult hating Christensen almost the whole time mm-hmm. and we got to really see them really learn to trust each other and work together. It would just, it would probably yeah. work better. Heck the clone wars, you know, is basically that, you know, but if I'm going out of 10, I would, I would give this an eight out of 10. Okay. I say. So that almost translates to like four out of five. Yeah. Almost four out of four five, five stars. stars. Yeah. 
Okay. So for me, I think similarly, as I said about episode one, there's a good movie in there. Um, but I think what really detracts from this movie is really the writing, mm -hmm. you know, um, and some CGI moments within this movie. I think it really pulls things back from me from really having to be a, a real enjoyable experience. Like, again, there's a great fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan. And the reason why it doesn't work is some of the CGI that we get thrown in there between Yoda and the Emperor. Yeah. Um, you know, with throwing Senate seats, basically, at those pods at, at Yoda. And just the bad writing. The, the bad writing is what really detracts within this. And maybe to some degree, some poor performances. I think Hayden Christensen is actually a pretty good actor. If you see him in anything other than Star Wars, he's not a bad actor. Mm -hmm. um, Natalie Portman, I think, really phoned a lot of things in. Um, Ewan McGregor, I think, does really great at the emotional, holding the emotional levels that are needed to be had in the movie, especially in that final battle between him and Anakin. And then Ian McDermott, so good. So good on the first two, two thirds, thirds of the yeah. movie. <laughs> Last third, so silly and wonky. Um, it he, just doesn't work for me. He doesn't really have a ton of dialogue. Even I'm thinking about the scenes where he's throwing those. He's like, ah, ah. He's and, just like making yes. these weird noises as he's like throwing down the seats at Yoda. And I, I watched this with the subtitles because I just wanted to make sure that I could write down particular lines that I want. And how many times in parentheses when he's on the screen, it just says cackling. <laughs> cackling cackling and i'm just like okay we get it he's cackling you know it's just but it's like that's all he's like really doing as the emperor i want to see him be more intimidating yeah. more scary um more of a threat rather than the silly cartoonish villain that mm -hmm. we that we get i want to see the emperor as we see him in empire strikes back and in return of the jedi yeah i think all in all um I'm probably with the things even that I do enjoy with the things that I don't really enjoy. I'm, I think I'm warming up to this movie a little bit and where before I would give it a worse score, I'm going to give it a three out of five. Okay. You know, um, it's lies kind of right there in the middle. Um, it's, it's not a terrible movie, but it's not a good movie. You know, that's kind of where I'm, where I'm kind of at with it. Um, that being said, what is your expectations around the bad batch? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm not nearly at the level that I would be, uh, for like the Mandalorian season three or sure. an Obi-Wan series. Obviously. Cause I don't have an attachment to really any of these characters. Like their episodes were cool in yeah. uh, season seven of the Clone Wars, but they were really trying to sell them to us in those first three episodes of season seven of the Clone Wars. But the trailers, the trailer trailers have been really good, really cool. I think. And just thinking about where we are in the series, like I'm excited for that as well. It yeah. seems like Tarkin is going to be a big part, and you That'd know really we're going to see some Vader. Like yeah. you know, there even if it's just like tiny little things, we're going to see some Vader because, like that's what sells. Like you know, oh, people yeah. find it just like when people found out that Luke was back. I'm sure like people that hadn't been watching the Mandalorian, like when they heard. Luke shows up, they're going to yeah. be like, I need to go watch The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. And if right. people find out Darth Vader shows up in, you know, The Bad Batch, oh, I got to go watch The Bad Batch now. Like right. And, and honestly, for me, like, even in the last episode of The Clone Wars, I think we talked about this about a year ago, that last shot of when we see Darth Vader, and it's about, you know, um, what's her face? 
Ahsoka. Ahsoka. And there's something that's left there and you see his reflection. It's just his reflection or seeing his eyes behind mm-hmm. the black mask. It's far more emotional and believable of a turn. And it's sad because in the Clone Wars, it's, maybe it is you know, more about somewhat about um, Anakin and Obi-Wan, but really it's also about Ahsoka and Anakin, which mm-hmm. we obviously don't get in the movies, but it's, I think that draws us in and has us feel an emotional, like, pit in our stomach and sadness around his turn more so than what we see in the movies. Yeah. Um, how many episodes do you think this series is getting, this season is getting of the Bad Batch? Because I, I don't know if you know. 12? It's getting 14 episodes. Okay. This is going to take us well into the summer. I really hope it's good. I Because yeah. I, I really liked the last bit of the clone wars season seven mm-hmm. i think the first three episodes we talked about this were okay yeah the three episodes of ahsoka when she was with those two sisters meh not yeah. good and then the last three episodes phenomenal mm-hmm. incredible um and i did not necessarily I, I wasn't really like give me a bad batch series yeah i don't think anyone was but <laughs> as much as they were trying to be like aren't these guys so cool aren't these so great it doesn't like is it Dax or who is it that goes off with them? Isn't one of them like one of the um, stormtroopers or the clone troopers that we get to know? Who's Echo? Is it Echo? Is yeah, Echo? Echo's the one that's like messed up and they find and like he joins the Bad Batch. So I'm gonna. It's that's kind of cool. To see. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. I haven't watched Rebels. Um, I'll have to at some point. Maybe I probably will before the Ahsoka series really comes out. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I have very no, honestly no expectations moving forward. Yeah. And I, I don't have a ton. So I, it's not like if Bad Batch is horrible, I'm going to be so upset. Right. Obviously, I, I want good Star Wars. Though, right. So I'm hoping it's good. And and as this episode premieres, I'm going to release it tomorrow on Star Wars Day. Mm-hmm. May the 4th be with you. Um, we're getting the first episode tomorrow on May 4th of the Bad Batch, and we're getting episode two on Friday. So what I actually am going to start doing is I'm going to be reviewing these movies or these episodes on Friday. So I'm going to do episode one and episode two on Friday for the podcast. So something to kind of look forward to. All right. But um, yeah, maybe I'll have you talk a little bit more about the Bad Batch and we can, we can see how we kind of feel about it. Yeah. But um, yeah, Aaron, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's always a good time, man. And when we talk about some Star Wars, and I, we can hear a little Maddie kind of yeah um, she's in the background right now. So, <laughs> so let's relieve mommy, and we'll call it an episode. Ooh. And Chester just knocked something over in another bedroom. So yeah. this is the life of being a parent. <laughs> okay, so listeners, let me just tell you what we're going to be doing for next week because this week is is kind of more focused on Star Wars. The following week, not this weekend, but the next weekend. Um, we're getting season two is going to start launching of High School Musical, the musical, the series. Um, I don't I'm, I don't necessarily have a lot of huge love for High School Musical, but we will be covering the original first movie starring Zac Efron and Z- Vanessa Hudgens <laughs> for next week's episode of Extreming Disney. Um, I haven't watched this movie in years, and maybe it'll be bad, maybe it'll be funny, maybe it'll be silly. I don't know, but that's what you can be watching for next week's episode of Extreming Disney. So I'll see you guys next time. Bye bye.